welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. Sometimes, when you wait for another guest to appear, you take the time to learn people from Scandinavia uh, a bit of Dutch. That goes like this. No, no, no. He can <laughs> if if he says, uh, for example, three, and then in Dutch it's drie. Drie. Then, drie. Yeah. Drie. Yeah, I can ask him actually. Sebas. Wacht even. Iemand wil even weten hoe jij drie zegt. Drie. Drie. That's the rolling R. It is May the 10th. Welcome to Game Consultant. And don't forget, it's Mother's Day. Today, a jam-packed episode again. Let me start first with uh, the regular items. Chris Reed rethinks all about esports and Joachim Elite game developers, who is actually going to talk about Supercell. Very interesting. Next to that, uh, my buddy Simon Siskin. Um, he basically um, sent me an app and said, hey, I have a new website. And I said, okay, cool. Checked it out. Looks cool. Wanted to know more. We got him for an interview. Uh, let me see. We have Doki from Utomic.com. Um, he is going to talk about how he wants to use his platform uh, to have indie developers showcase their games during events, but maybe also in the long run. Who knows? Let's talk about it. Uh, Nordic. Nordic Games is going online, as you know, May 27th, 28th, and 29th. It's all online. And Jacob is getting a bit nervous because, uh, yeah, how will that actually go? But he brought also a very interesting person, uh, Thor. And Thor is actually um, a composer, sound designer, uh, and also a voice actor in video games. He's having a panel at Nordic, uh, and we talk about it. And also, of course, an update about, yeah, panels, uh, whatever you can expect at Nordic. So then, um, yeah, I don't forget... IndieExpo.net. Um, I was chatting a bit um, with the guys. They have a very nice site, IndieExpo.net. I see a lot of indie games on there. And um, they want to shoot over one or two games on a weekly basis if I can give some attention to it. And why not? And lastly, I got a very sweet email uh, coming in. Um, it is from uh, Jochem and Marcel. The company is called Tracksoft, and they have they have a game. And um, so I would say it's actually quite a full episode. So shall we start it? Yeah, let's do this. So before we start with the regular items and the interviews I have today, a uh, good friend of mine send it, uh, did send me an, an, a link and he said, hey, can you check out the site? What do you think of it? Do you like it? And, um, well, first of all, I did like the site, um, but something triggered me. And it said, why JWR? And that's actually part of the name of, uh, of his consultancy company. And <clears throat> I wanted to show you the first line and then he can finish it. James Walter Rifkin did not know when he was born. His UK passport said 1911. His birth certificate said 1910. 
And when you asked him, he had no real idea. idea. So, Simon, you want to explain a little bit further? Hi, Reiner. Thanks. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, James Walter Rifkin is my grandfather, and he was my inspiration, uh, my greatest mentor, and um, I'm blessed to uh, have had him as my grandfather. And um, I just loved everything that he stood for. And, um, yeah, those, the sense of right or wrong, a, a never-say-die attitude, but an ultimate uh, respect for everybody that he ever met, yeah, instilled in me uh, a lot of values that I hope I've brought through to today. Yeah, well, I, I know you for a long time, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's really good to see that uh, today you actually have a new website where you explain. I saw the video, so I, I, uh, I would say to everyone, just check out uh, the website, jwrventures.com. It explains a bit what you're doing, but also um, besides this page where you explain the reasoning of the name, which uh, I truly like. Um, you also mentioned, uh, uh, well, consultancy, there are a lot of consultants, but yeah, you bring in a couple of worlds together, like TV, music, games. It's, it's entertainment-wise, right? Exactly. Um, and I think that whilst I love the games industry, and as you know, Ryan, you know, I've worked in the games industry mostly for the best part of 15 years, um, I have um, other experiences, especially since leaving IQ, uh, two, three years ago, of working with different media companies, different uh, business models, different uh, marketing and publishing uh, companies that are really innovative in, when it comes to tech. Um, and I actually think that that sometimes can be a value to the clients that I've worked with. To look at things from a different angle um, has been especially valuable. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> a nice thing also... Um... I saw Guy Bendoff uh, two months ago or something uh, saying like on LinkedIn, you know, um, I'm, 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 I'm sparing some time with people that need it. And, and a lot of people responded because uh, I did uh, follow up on his uh, posting and uh, people got an hour uh, to, to have a chat. And, and, and you're actually doing the same, I read. Uh, that's exactly it. And I saw that from Guy and I thought, yeah, that, that made sense. He's He and I think very similarly about it's that idea. I think I... I am never happier than when you can together create success because what's your success is mine. And especially yeah. in this time that we're in at the moment, I think that the idea of just helping each other out is um, um, something will stand us in the, in, in the good test of time. So, yes, I'm saying to people, look, it doesn't matter which industry you're in, um, which vertical, whatever stage you're in. If you just like to have a, a call with me, I would love to do that um, for free and just see where the conversation goes. If I can help, it would be my pleasure. Perfect. Hey, and uh, uh, in terms of, of, of um, specialties, I, I, I read something about business development, which I know you're good at, uh, investment and strategy. But I also read, and this is something I think that fascinates you, it's IP development and exploitation. Exactly. I see this... Um, over the last, say, well, to be honest with you, almost 30 years of working. In <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay, don't laugh. We're all old. Yeah, we are all yeah. um, yeah. I, I see this happening the whole time. I yeah. see um, people um, are still tend to be very vertical focused. They still tend to work within their own world of television or games or film or, or music. I see a huge amount of opportunities to leverage the 
power of the entertainment industries together that are being left on the table. I see intellectual property that is just wonderful, maybe a fantastic cartoon TV IP that's been maybe was transmitted five, 10 years ago on television, but there's amazing games potential in that. And I do fundamentally believe that, you know, there are not many people out there that have the wonderful opportunity that I have to actually created, produced and worked and licensed different kinds of IP. Um, and so I'm encouraging as many uh, content creators to think a little bit outside the box and I can help them do that. Cool. To generate value. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, for everyone who's listening, obviously <clears throat> I have this uh, in my blog in the description, uh, jwrventures.com, Simon Isiskin, and um, you can book a call with him. And, and I saw if you click on it, uh, he has this nice calendar that is connected to HubSpot. So um, fully automated. Uh, Simon, I want to thank you for uh, this quick interview and um, we'll catch up soon again. Right now, thanks very much. Pleasure as always catching up with you. All righty, buddy. Good luck with your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Up next is Joachim. Joachim is from Elite Game Developers. Um, as I said before, uh, every Friday I'm getting this newsletter. Super duper interesting. Uh, if you're not subscribed yet, then I advise you to do so. Um, today he's talking about Supercell, which he has a few takes on. So, Joachim, stage is yours. Thanks, Ryan Out. Hi, it's Joachim Akren here from Elite Game Developers. As usual, I've been doing this short clip for Rhino's podcast on on the Elite Game Developers newsletter that goes out every Friday where I cover topics related to gaming startups, gaming companies. Uh, so to this week's topic, I wanted to look at deconstructor of funds, deconstruction of supercell. There's five items that I saw kind of stood up in that article that they posted so first off, I think like if so, I wanted to take more like a closer look and share my five important thoughts on what a gaming startup founder should take away from the essay of the Deconstructor Fund. You can read these top five in more detail on the Elite Game Developers website by going to elitegamedevelopers.com slash blog and you can find a new section there. But the five points is what I believe as kind of like titles is that PVP has always been key for Supercell as a game feature. Number two, the older titles that they have and the stacks of cohorts that they have on those titles will definitely uh, show a decrease in numbers for the future. Number three, I think that the timing mattered so much for Supercell to actually be there. Uh, it's it's kind of like something that's very much understated when everybody's talking about the, the the great culture that they built is something that nobody should undermine. But it's sort of like it is higher, like given a higher priority on why they've succeeded. Then number four, the crowded genres that they're they're in, they basically dominate the, those genres where they exist. But there's a few points here in 
the, the newsletter that I cover on why the crowded genres matter so much for Supercell. And then finally, I reflect some of my own memories regarding talent at Supercell and how I think it matters and plays still today, like how, how that company is succeeding. And the other content I, I covered on the, the newsletter this week was talking about on my blog, like how to work with gaming startup advisors. So I, I try to give out three kind of like clear uh, things that founders need to take into consideration. It's the expectations on both sides, the, the incentives for the advisor, and how the formality of the advisor role should be taken into consideration. You can find that on the Elite Game Developers blog as well. And then a final mention here is that we have uh, two new webinars uh, coming out next week. There's one webinar that I'm doing with Sophie Wu on how like working from home for game teams should be taken into consideration. That is happening on May 15th, so it's like a few days out from now. Uh, head on over to Elite Game Developers and check out the links under the newsletter item there on the blog section. And another webinar that is coming up is uh, on hybrid casual, think like Archero and similar games. So we're with Nick Murray, who's a free-to-play games consultant in Berlin, we're going to do a webinar on long-term engagement in hi hybrid casual gaming and how it could, like, what kind of things developers should take into consideration there. So, yeah, and there's another blog, uh, a podcast episode, actually, that came out this week uh, where I talk about how to raise investor money. But you can find that under the podcast section in Elite Game Developers. So that's it for this week. Stay safe and stay well. Thanks, Joachim. And everyone, check out EliteGameDevelopers.com. Next, uh, Reed thinks it's all about esports. Let's do this, Chris. Hey, guys, welcome back to another Reed thinks. Today, we're going to talk about esports companies in the public markets. Because there's a couple of different layers I wanted to discuss. Uh, I think that public companies that are, I guess, air quotes, pure esports plays can give us a little bit of insight into what's going on um, with the industry over the past couple of years. And I do think for someone that maybe is fairly new to the esports space, uh, but has a little bit of knowledge and a background in the finance space, it kind of gives you a quick, I don't know, overview or story as to what's happened with companies uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, so th what, what this is not going to be is a company bashing sec um, s section. I'm not going to do that. Um, but it's just an overview of, of what's happened the last couple of years. So if you look at some of the price action of some of the public companies in esports, uh, it's, been, it's, been it's been a rough go over the last year, year and a half. Um, so a couple, a couple of these companies IPO'd end of 2018, early 2019. And what's interesting around that is that that's kind of the feel for me, and I think others agree that twenty into twenty eighteen, early twenty nineteen was that that quasi bubble pop. Uh, and when I say bubble pop, I don't mean the entire industry, but there was this undertone uh, of issues that really started to be glaring at that point around around the space. And a lot of these companies have, have been crushed since then. 
Um, so a few of these companies are down 60, 70, 80%. Some were down almost 90% uh, from their IPOs, um, which I, we'll get that in just a minute on a couple of different things that's, that's pushing that downward pressure. But look, in the end, the market's talking. The market is saying, okay, what's your long-term plan for profitability? And obviously what they have shown so far is they're not, the market can't see the long-term um, plan. To, to get to positive EBITDA to be a profitable company, um, look, gr it's great that there's a hundred, there's a, the hundreds of, uh, you know, 150 million people coming to your website over a course of this, and you have 900 YouTube channels, and yeah, but it does is that going to be viable? Is it a viable business uh, when it comes to actually making money and not just top line revenue either? Um, so th that's what the market has really said. Now, the downward pressure after an IPO when, when, when a company goes public, it's a couple different things. So one is you have investors from, from years ago, potentially, that this is a liquidity event for them. This is for if a fund was involved, this is an opportunity for them to take to de-risk, um, to, to raise cash for the portfolio. And look, these companies, when they IPO'd, were, at, in my opinion, a ridiculous valuation. A ridiculous valuation, and the market obviously agreed with that, and no, and people would agree with me as well. Um, and some of these are, uh, quite frankly, still a pretty high valuation. Um, obviously, it's come back down to earth a little bit, but um, that downward pressure is it comes from uh, you know past investors, which makes sense again for the de-risking. Um, so you've got that, plus you just had so much hype around the space that a lot of times you look back at different sectors over you know, over the last over the decades. Is that when these sectors, sector companies start IPOing, um, and you're seeing a lot of sell pressure, it's 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 liquidity event, and and investors are getting out and de-risking. So it's it's nothing new, um, and just because an IPO goes down fifty percent doesn't mean that it's a bad company. Look, Facebook went down fifty percent um, within the first six seven months. Shopify went down sixty, you know, we're right around thirty to forty percent the first few months or first six to seven months, and look, they went on to what ten x, twenty x, thirty x their valuation from there. So this happens a lot in other sectors, so it doesn't mean just because they're down fifty percent plus doesn't mean they can't make it. But what what are these what are these pure play esports companies? What are they going to do? How, how are they going to turn their business model and pivot? So you know that's obviously on the management team. They're going to have to figure that out. Um, now the other issue is a lot of times with new sectors and um, companies in a, in a new in a fairly new space from a sense of you know being a commercialized um, the first wave of commercialized companies in the space. Um, they're kind of the, you know, kind of the guinea pigs per se, as far as, all right, here's our business model, here's what we're doing, and then the market's like, nope, and it gets rejected. So what I do think is you have kind of maybe this, this 2.0 of, of other companies coming in behind saying, okay, we've looked, we've seen what these other entities have done that hasn't worked out, so here's what we're not going to do. So I do think the market's going to learn from uh, the issues over the past couple of years. Right now, I would say, I think, and I would think most would agree that right now we're in this consolidation, we're in this merger and acquisition, um, kind of this part of the space. And, you know, assets are cheaper, obviously, than they were a year, year and a half ago. So you're going to, you are going to have activity um, because, again, if you can pivot, if you can um, do an acquisition and then have, you know, a game plan for a five-year five year horizon to become profitable or whatever that, that time horizon would be, maybe a little bit sooner, um, then the market will start to turn on some of these public, on these, some of these public, if, the, if those entities are public. Um, now, look, most of the orgs are private uh, for those that follow the space. So uh, when it comes to, on the organization side, 
and then of course you have you have your publishers, of course, but um, you know Activision, ATVI, and, and uh, EA, and um, and Take Two. But it's just it's interesting to what look at these pure play esports companies. I guess you have to put air quotes around that, but because um, there's not many of them, but we do have some public data, and it does tell you a little bit of a story of you know the under underlying um, bubble pop per se that was within that 2018 to the Q2 2019 range. So. Wanted to go over that. Um, obviously, it's interesting to to look at price action uh, in the public markets just in general. Um, but then also, what, what the what the fairly recent IPOs what they have done, and uh, also having a ba- if you if you know like kind of the history of the financial markets and what IPOs tend to do and what new sectors tend to do and things like that and kind of the growing pains of of a of a, of a kind of a new sector, what has happened in the past and what to expect potentially in the future. I think it's good to give perspective. So. Um, hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, would love to hear from you guys. If you have other topics you would like discussed, uh, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Chris Reed, C R I S R E E D, or hit me up on Twitter at the Level Up EXP. Again, at the Level Up EXP. Thanks. Thanks, Chris, and everyone. Check out the Level Up Experience on LinkedIn. Um, on a weekly basis, he's doing uh, interesting interviews. So, uh, the Level Up Experience. Next, uh, we're doing some indie stuff. Let's do the indie stuff. So on a weekly basis, I'm actually getting uh, quite a few emails in my inbox. Uh, Developers, we have developed a new game. Can you give it some promotion, attention, etc., etc.? And... um, I wasn't sure how I should do it. And um, yeah, if, if you start with one, you get many, many more. Um, and um, But I just want to do it. And you know, uh, sometimes it's very difficult to uh, have the titles right or have the audio right. And But I always learned you better can start doing something and then improve it. So um, what I do today is actually uh, one email that I got um, are paying attention to it and the guys from indieexpo.net where I was uh, chatting a bit with they um, gave me two titles that I should look after so again don't mind if the audio is good no I don't mind um, links are always on my uh, website so the blog and in the description I hope it's fun and uh, you know uh, power to the indies and um, yeah let's give it a shot Indie time. I got in contact with uh, IndieExpo.net. Check out the website. Um, it's uh, it's actually a lot of games on there. I'm serving on it as we speak. And um, so basically they said, hey, can you promote some of these games? Um, and I said, well, sure. I mean, indie games, always fun. And um, so they have sections like games that recently gained over 1,000 players, most download today, last seven days, most recent. Um, and I like to support these kind of websites. I had uh, one in the past, which was uh, mmogames.com, and it was really a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, if I look at it, it's, uh, it's the first that they actually mentioned. And... Let me check. Uh, there are actually two that they send in, so they will send more. 
um, whenever they uh, feel that it should get some more attention. So let's start with um, with one of the first. lived in peace, and its king meted out justice with sympathy. After the death of Dragon's king, darkness spread over everything that was under the sky. Almost everything. Home gang. Um, I'm not sure if I say it right, but um, Dracorum, uh, a land of peace and prosperity. But King Hazel's death caused darkness and wickedness over the kingdom. It all seemed lost, but three heroes will rise against injustice. It's um, it's a game where I can see that right now they have about 306 players, and um, link is on my website. And the other one is actually, let me check, that's Aurora. And I don't know if I say it right. Nine, four, three, two, one. <laughs> uh, Aurora, the lost medallion. Um, I think that one is actually just up now. Um, the lost medallion is a 2D hand-drawn sci-fi fantasy game and what can we tell more about it well actually you should check it out i see they have the language in italian english german spanish french and there you go um so two of these games actually um and you can also find them on uh, the indieexpo.net um and uh yeah mario uh thank you very much and uh keep sending these uh <laughs> these fun indie games love to promote them so i got a very uh, sweet email in my inbox and um funny enough i was uh, watching uh, the trailer and the music was catchy i had to say and um what you hear in the background is um there you go um that's that's actually coromon if i say it right and um you know the guys were actually saying like, hey, um, we're two people behind the indie game studio and it's called Tracksoft. So I have the link on my site. They have uh, a Steam page. They have a trailer. So I put all those links in um, in my blog. And uh, so they released a demo in January. And according to them, they have received tons of positive feedback. Some players even spent more than 100 hours well done, guys. Uh, we're planning to release the game this summer. And although we have reached around 65,000 unique players following the demo, we're still looking at ways to get our name out there. Um, besides the fact that I had some questions uh, for me, and, and um, but that's a different story. Uh, I was wondering, uh, since you're actually listening to this podcast, why don't you check it out? Um, the website is uh, coromon.com, uh, as you can see it on my blog also. And um, whoever is out there and can uh, facilitate some help for these guys, that would be uh, appreciated very much. Hey, guys, um, I wish you the best of luck. Well done. Jochem and Marcel, keep it going, guys. Well, these were the first two items on uh, on indies. And as said, um, keep it coming. And um, if I uh, am able to actually, uh, and, and I'm not 
pressed in time and lately I'm I'm pressed in time uh, but as much as I can do I will definitely give some attention to indie game developers so uh, you have my email address most likely uh, reinoutsebraak at gmail.com so keep sending it and um, okay uh, let's move to Nordic Nordic Game Online So it's time for a Nordic update. Uh, Nordic game. Um, what can I say about it? Nordic goes online. It's May 27th, 28th and 29th. And as usual, I hope that um, Jacob will say something funny so I can actually start the episode. Who knows? <laughs> um, last time I had to hit him and then uh, he went completely wild with all kinds of updates about Nordic. But today he's not doing it alone. We have... Uh, <laughs> I'm holding my breath if I say it right. Thor Mirtendal. <laughs> Close enough. Ah, deal. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, so we, we're kicking it off with you, Jacob. Um, from making a video that went through the history of uh, Nordic, what did you do in the last couple of days? And what is the score so far with the event? I just sat and watched that video over and over again. And just like, oh, that's a great video, man. Well done. Cool. Oh. Hey, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> no, basically, I, I went straight into uh, a ton of other tasks. Um, you know, I, I'm not less enthusiastic if you are worried about that uh, from yeah. the last time we talked. Yeah. But I will try to uh, restrain myself uh, for this uh, focus of this uh, talk today and focus on uh, the live stream that we're doing, the speaker program, um, uh, because I, I really, really, really try to, uh, to create a program that will, first of all, be entertaining yeah. and get you to learn new stuff and also to be like a, a mirror to what you can expect for the next naughty game in november as well so i have like a you know like a mission here to evangelize not only the online version but also the november version and that is why it's so really important that we uh, get all the support we can get for for the may edition so that we can actually create the uh, physical version hopefully of naughty game in late november um, so it's all it's all getting together. There's a red thread through it all. Yeah. Um, that is also why I'm really, really thrilled that Thor uh, have joined us for this uh, talk or this session here now because yeah. he's one of the he's one of the cornerstones actually of uh, of the speaker program. But before uh, I, I I leave the word to to, to Thorn, I'll just mention you know what what some of the highlights of the. Um, of the speaker program. It will kick off uh, on the 27th, as you say. Actually, I'm planning now to do like a pre-sneak preview on the 26th as well with some brilliant talks in there. I cannot reveal what it will be, but I, I, my plan is that to go live and uh, free for all on the Tuesday in the late afternoon to get people to see what it is that we are trying to achieve. Um, okay. so, so let's do an update about that later in the... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're still at the 8th. And uh, so um, yeah. obviously I would say a week before then it would be nice if people would be 
aware that there is something on the 26th. Um, but that, yeah. that's for later, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so you know, one of the highlights that I, I wanna I wanna bring out here in terms of uh, the talks is obviously one of our great great mascots, uh, the one a guy that has been doing talks exclusively exclusively for Nordic uh, in the past five, six, maybe even eight years, and his yeah. name is uh, Steve Curran. I don't know if you know him, but uh, he's a he's a great brilliant dude. dude. He started off uh, at the old Edge magazine. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, yeah. But but back then when I started to be like really interested in in the industry, he was uh he was writing under a pseudonym that was called Red Eye and he was doing like uh investigative uh, journalism um about the the industry and and I was every time I bought the the print magazine back then I was like the first thing I, I I wanted to read was the red eye uh, section where he kind of um, describes how it is to work in the industry, what is the downfalls and the you know the the good things, and 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 I was such a fanboy that when I started doing the naughty game, I immediately uh, f- tried to find him and I, I had managed and I got him to uh, to work with us. So ever since then, he's been creating um, unique talks that it's not like the normal talk, you know, where it's a PowerPoint and they go through some tech uh, tech thing, but which is great. But but Steve's more about doing weird kind of theatrical sessions, and so for for normally he he does that in front of a live audience and everybody's like ah that that is amazing. But for this edition, the online only NT20 in late May here, he's doing something really funny. He's inviting people into his uh, Animal Crossing garden to do a, <laughs> to do a guided tour where where you can where you can experience all the neat stuff that he's made in there yeah i know does it sound too weird for you well you should try it anyway because it it is a great sarcastic ironic humorous comment to our lives as gamers and our lives as developers yeah funny so so that's a that's definitely one of the highlights then another i mean he is always creating experiences right yeah yeah i mean it's not just a talk it's an experience if you see him like that's that's the whole point about it yeah and i think that will be great again that's a good add-on i think that that actually explains a lot it's an experience talk yeah more than than it's like okay i'm i'm going home with some knowledge about how to program or you know code or anything it's more like okay who am i why am I here in this industry? What is my role? What is, what is it that I want to do with my life as a game industry yeah. member? You know, so, yeah. so I'm really I'm really looking forward to that one. And uh, then another head headline is a tradition. I think it's gonna be like, like the fourth or fifth time we're actually doing it, and it's a music panel. So so you know a normal music panel. You have composers sitting and then they talk about their work and, you know, why do I compose and, and all that, which is great. But for this panel, which uh, which was invented by Arnold Nessis and uh, Thor here as well. Oh, that's my segue there. Um, <laughs> is called Same Game, Different Music. 
So it means that we have a panel of uh, composers that compose a snippet of music to the same snippet of gameplay from a game. And then they, you know, as a viewer, you will, you will experience it, you will see the gameplay snippet and the music that each of the composers have done for it. And then you can actually, you know, on your, for yourself, see how huge a difference it makes, uh, how huge a difference audio makes on a game and the vibe and the feel. So without, yeah. without spilling too much into what Thor was supposed to be saying, I will leave the word now to, to Thor to explain it a little bit further. So, um, yeah, that's basically a good, good outline of it. Um, but like we, how long do we do this now, Jacob? Four yeah, years? Yeah, I think so. Four, I four think or so. even five, I think. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And, um, like we, we kind of, first of all, it became tradition by now. Yeah. Um, we, we do this every year and we, um, Sometimes we have like uh, um, recurring composers who were on the panel before, but we always try to to get in people also who are uh, like not new to the industry, but not new to that panel. And this time it's slightly different because we are in a new situation completely. So I said, okay, um, let's see if we can't make this panel because Arnold doesn't have time to organize it. So I took over. Yeah. And um, if we can't make this panel a little bit different also um in terms of of um, the whole experience and uh, due to some malfunction in communication we have now the point that the half of of the uh, crew will actually do the uh, music writing for that snippet yeah. and the other half will rip them completely apart also oh, <laughs> in their in their judgment i didn't even you know, know. So that's cool yeah, that happened today because, like, uh, I forgot. That's a lot to, what you don't know, uh, Jacob. So to, to, to mention to mention to to um, uh, Lee Ortega that uh, he needs to write music. So he was a little bit surprised by that fact. Um, mm -hmm. But normally, um, it's interesting because although it's the same material we have, and we have like there are certain boxes you think in, in genres and stuff. So yeah. you have a game, you see a genre, like last year it was uh, First World War. You have a certain box you open in your mind that you know from media how like First or Second World War music sounds, right? Like there's like so much media um, that was done in that, that approach um, that you have certain expectations. But although like we all know the boxes, everyone has a very different way of doing it yeah and it it sounds completely different from each other sometimes although they're so close on the genre that is actually also already like written down yeah this time or, or to, can I do like a yeah. spoiler here last year the the yeah. game was called broken lines it's a it's a yeah, world war exactly. ii uh rts strategy game uh, and the panel there they they it was amazing to watch how much a difference it can make for well, for the yeah. for the vibe of the game, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like we, we also last year um we on last year Nordic uh, Arnold had the uh, during the Nordic party the live concert with with uh, the band for his live music video game and the bass player um, Rob from the band Epica, mm -hmm. um, he was um, also part of the panel, so he was bringing a completely fresh approach and a fresh idea, and. Um, like for for every one of us who is like more used to write to video games um we we were like hearing a version that nobody expected 
you know, like just the difference if you are, you have a slightly different background in music, how much of a difference it makes for the versions already yeah. that you come up with as a composer. That's interesting to see. And you always learn from, in their panels, you always learn from the other composers so much um, in terms of how do they approach things. So you always get your mind open like to new ways and new ideas. Like, I never thought about that. It's brilliant. Yeah. You know, and what we try to uh, mostly in the in the panels in the last years when we do it like offline, what we try to communicate, we talk about approaches and we really talk about the audio approach. What we also want to do or what I want to do in moderation slightly different here is um, not just talk about the audio uh, approach, but also about um, the approach of, okay, how would that like come up in terms of the game development pipeline? Yeah. So um, what can uh, game developers learn from that? Not just by choosing the right composer and taking their time to look for the right composer for the game, because through that kind of panels, you can see how different their approaches are. So just because you want no, com uh, no one composer, it doesn't mean he's really the guy you can have that's like elevating your storytelling through music and your emotional approach through music in the game. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you just know one guy and he's the right one. Yeah. So and a lot of game developers don't, especially indie developers, don't have that in mind. Music is one thing that always comes late in development yeah, process. Unfortunately. I'm since years on the mission to change that and say, hey, you really bind them early in. It's it's benefiting for your game because our job in the end is to tell the emotional story because music is the element that transports that. Yeah. And for the composers, um, what, what like I tease that a little bit with them and everyone agrees on that more or less. Um, like we talk about also what kind of role does a composer fit in a video game um, development team. Yeah. So, um, because a lot of um, developers have this idea, okay, the composer is the audio guy um, and he is doing the music and that's the music thing. No, he is part of the whole canvas that you're painting as a game, yeah. right? Like he is an, an, like just a part of it. And composers, especially what we want to get uh, is to have new composers being more engaged also in that, like upcoming composers, people who are starting out and want to do game music. Um, so the people I uh, chose for the panel, um, they all have a good community uh, on, on the audio side. Yeah. So we have um, uh, like a lot of people who are interested from the audio side also to learn how to do stuff for video games. And then, of course, we reach out to the video game uh, development side, too, so that they can learn. And hopefully there will be a chat going on and conversation and maybe like some of the of the uh, audience people. Uh, from the audio side who are coming in um, can make their first connections to, to maybe some developers uh, in the chat while people discuss about stuff. Yeah, That would be the ultimate goal to make this completely perfect <laughs> for, for the yeah, audience, I right? I mean, Jack, yeah, 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 I right? love the way you're selling this, man. So bottom line, games and music, uh, um, how, how are you going to work with someone that is composing? How can you integrate them uh, in your development team? And how important is audio slash music for the game experience? Yeah, and how how is um, how is the perception of music and of material different for yeah. for uh, audio people? Like yeah. like to really point that out, how different it can be, who's uh, how someone is approaching your your video game, because mostly you know um, nowadays you fulfill more than one job as a composer. Back in the days, it was like you're composing, then you set it off to, to an editor, and then you set it off to, to some um, recording stuff, mixing engineer. Yeah. Nowadays, you do everything, especially if you're just demoing for, for um, 
a video game and you're acquiring a job, you're doing all these jobs yourself. So yeah. composers nowadays needs to learn a lot of different tasks and skill sets. And um, we also talk about that kind of business approach in the, in the um, uh, second half of the whole thing. Um, because we have people on the panel who are very good at the business side of audio. Yeah. I made sure of that, that the people really know how to do the business side. So we can teach some business insight also how to approach that and how to deal with that. And what do you really need to know? How can you work? And also sometimes game developers don't understand the audio pipeline and why do you send stuff off to an external studio? Why do you need a budget for mixing, for mastering your stuff? Yeah. And um, we want to highlight out more for indie developers what's actually necessary to really fulfill a good audio on your pipeline and make that work so that the overall quality of your game uh, elevates yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah. Can that's I just like jump in here and say that's uh, an amazing sure. uh, concept, right? Reino? Can I jump in here? And was it a registration? What? What? I heard an email coming in. Was it a registration? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's booming, man. It's like uh, okay, cool. in a tsunami yeah. of. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to 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 do the last uh, um, comment there and to say that our goal is that if after every talk in the live stream program, the speakers, yeah. uh, I will force them or at least uh, ask them politely to join us on the uh, Discord server after the talks so that if you have uh, you have uh, seen a talk and you have maybe you know seen the Q&A that will be part of it as well but you really didn't get you know an an answer to your question then you can jump straight into the Discord server on the Naughty Game 20 Discord server and meet the speakers afterwards there and continue your uh, your uh, your debate or discussion or your question there yeah yeah. Cool, eh? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, guys. That's, I that's, think that's, that's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially I, I, in these times now, you know, like... Exchange numbers, uh, emails, watch whatever, but also maybe uh, uh, go a little bit more in-depth. Uh, I think that's a nice add-on. And, and um, you know, actually with offline, uh, people are, are sort of behind a wall and gone. And this is actually with online and, and an extra dimension yeah. of... of getting a bit more in contact or maybe ask that question where maybe there wasn't time yeah. for. Um, I, I realized a really, really good thing in, in this whole, um, I mean, I, I'm right now on the meet to match for the game developers carnival. Yeah. And I realized that a lot in communication um, in, in business that changed from all the offline events to now. So people are actually like really taking more care of their me to match first of all what's really interesting i mean for for the people who don't know me to match me to match is like the business meeting system that is used by nordic also and by many many different um uh, game uh, mm -hmm. conferences yeah. out there and um that really changed like how like the, they, the people fill out their linkedins their email addresses their phone numbers and it used to be just a description right now they put all their details in their contact details and they reach out on LinkedIn, they reach out on Skype, they reach out on email before it goes into the meeting in general. Yeah. Um, and that, that used to be less, you know, like that really changed because the people were like, ah, I will see him anyway at the conference and we exchange cards. And this whole approach that people are way more communicative with each other. Yeah. And 
that's really good thing in terms of business. And like, I can just advise every indie company to jump on the conferences and say, Hey, do your meet to match and uh, get the opportunities there because the, the industry is, is hungry now for, for connections online. Yeah. And that's the best way to, to um, get into the world of biz dev as, as uh, young companies right now, because right now you don't need to spend a lot of money on traveling. No, true. It's, uh, I'm actually seeing that Hendrik Lesser is doing his event uh, this upcoming week, uh, 13th and 14th of May. That's a European Games BizDev gathering. Yeah. Uh, but that, that yeah. was sort of a, yeah, really quickly done. And, and he's maybe going to do it more often, but this is actually upcoming week. Weird and then, date, uh, right? Def- Weird dates. Because people should be like yeah. uh, prepping for another game, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another exactly. online what the fuck is going oh sorry my language yeah no 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 but you, can, <laughs> you can continue because uh, a game uh, Dev Carnival that's actually May 11th yeah, and 12th um, yeah yeah <laughs> So, but that's all good. Uh, well, then, then I'll do uh, the promotion for Nordic. Uh, very happy to see that Unity has joined Nordic Game 20 uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Nordic Game 20 Plus. So that's that's nice. Um, and I'm sure if there are any game companies that want to do help out a local event, uh, the Nordics, uh, they can yeah. always uh, contact you. Can, or can I do, can I do like a last shout out here? Uh, yeah, we just uh, we just uh, made an agreement with a, a Danish game developer who's doing a, a game called uh, Trouble. Oh no, I forgot the name, but it's called something with Trouble. It's a social uh, online game. You are in trouble. Yeah. I'm in big trouble now. <laughs> uh, no, but but um, but they are actually launching a special version of the of their game uh, during the Naughty Game Days, and you get your uh, code for that game when you sign up um, for a ticket for NG20. And then you get access yeah. to, a, to a brand new social game. It's on Steam already, but, uh, but they have made a special Nordic version. So I encourage you know, every studio that has something that they want to share, something that they want to do, something that they, they can, that can be fun to share with us, to contact me or Teddy directly, and, and let's, uh, let's talk. Yeah, cool. Contact more Jacob than Teddy. <laughs> Teddy is weird. <laughs> okay, <this laughs> Sorry, Teddy. You're the worst agent ever. <laughs> okay, so let's dive in a little bit deeper now. <laughs> the bedroom edition of your Oh, sorry, Teddy. Yeah. I like you. No, there there needs to be a Teddy bash yeah. you know, in every conversation at least once. Yeah, no. It's like bassism. It's like bassism in music. Yeah, you need to bash a bass player only once, once in a while. If they need that. No, I got it wrong because I'm bashing him 24-7. But okay. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Yeah, also fun. <laughs> I, I, I want to thank you for this. Uh, so, um, besides uh, very nice speakers and a panel about music, which is very important for gaming anyways uh, also very interesting yeah. as in a recap that any people that are in the panel uh, as far as they can they will be on the discord channel to uh, host a series of questions that yes. people have and uh, yeah any game developer out there that has something to demonstrate or whatever they want to show something or share something uh, reach out and if there are people interested in sponsoring there are always certain oh yeah, they are uh, top donations. priority, man. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the tickets, uh, 99 euros, explain it one more time, because some people are saying, I'm scrolling on the site and I don't know no. where to click. Well, that couldn't be the case, but it's 99 euros. You have your tickets for Nordic Online and Nordic Plus later on exactly, in the year, right? Exactly. Bingo, 99 euros. That's yes, too easy. <laughs> cool. Utomic.com. Um, yeah, you can say the Spotify or the Netflix of gaming. And um, one of my earliest episodes of The Game Consultant, I actually uh, shared some details about the company and uh, also interviewed uh, Doki. And this week we were catching up on some events and... Um, then I thought, like, hey, interesting. Showcasing uh, the games for indies... Um, while they are at events, online events, but could also be offline events. And um, yeah, so we we basically uh, said, let's have a chat on it and, and let's see. Um, I also introduced Doki to the guys of Nordic. Let's see what, uh, what he has to say about it. Doki, utomic.com. Utomic.com. Uh, I was actually informed by Doki. We did a catch-up call last week, and he was telling me, like, yeah, COVID-19, it's, uh, it's not a fun period for a lot of people, but for gamers, it's, um, it's the ultimate. Uh, yeah, you're at home, you're sitting in your room or wherever you are, and you can play games. And also for indies, it's interesting, but normally they have their offline events, they can take their phone, they have the the demo on the phones and they run from one booth to another stand and show quickly what they have. And they can say, actually, hey, that's interesting. I want to know more, but also showcase uh, their games to a larger audience. Um, as I uh, refer to my item later in this episode, where uh, some indies are basically saying, yeah, we have 65,000 players, uh, but we like to have more. Well, these guys... Uh, um, can also now check out utomic.com because utomic wants to offer to indie game developers the possibility to showcase their games on their platform during events and that was a very important add-on doki said right doki yes yes because um basically at the start of the crisis very soon i think days after it happened we immediately thought like all these events are being canceled and a lot of indie developers around the globe depend entirely on getting exposure from events for consumers, for journalists, for influencers, uh, even uh, publishers, right? They're yeah. all trying to get attention. And that was all gone. Uh, the same happened for us because as a platform, we're always looking for new games. Um, so we immediately sat down um, and said, like, how can we help? Is there anything that we can do? And then very quickly, we, we came to a conclusion like, hey, our platform lets developers onboard games on our platform without any effort whatsoever. Yeah. And then it was like, hey, we've been collaborating with some events like uh, uh, we did in the arena booth last year at Gamescom. Um, we've done uh, Bit Summit in the past in Japan. Um, and then we uh, did some sp smaller sponsorships el elsewhere as well. Yeah. And then it was like, hey, what if our platform would be like a virtual booth space and we could collaborate with um, 
events so that we that the events are still the events. And then if they want to showcase, they can go to our platform. Uh, all the event visitors can uh, get to the games. Uh, the event would have a place within our platform. And then before we started work, we really wanted to know, like, you know, we think this is helpful, but, you know, we better talk to some people. So we talked to some event organizers. We talked to even some publishers uh, and some developers. And, you know, they're, they were all very excited. Um, and then, of course, we had the big thing because this would require some extra development from our end and, you know, resources. So I really had to talk to all our teams like, hey, guys, what do you think? Um, and can we do this like in a short time frame? And uh, the short answer is yes. Um, recently, we announced a partnership with Indigo, um, an indie gaming uh, showcase event. What mm -hmm. do you know? Yeah. Uh, from the Netherlands. Um, there's also another event soon to be announced. There's a couple of more that have approached us already. Um, and it's been really amazing to see how our team has responded to it because basically all the work they're putting in is like outside of all the other projects they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so everybody has to uh, walk the extra mile. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun. Um, actually right now we're onboarding games. Um, one of the key questions we got, like everybody was like, ah, oh, technically like, Oh, what do we got to do? And then uh, basically it's uh, if you're an indie, um, we only do this through events, so we don't do showcases right now directly because we really want to aggregate everything through those events. I also think it's smart because it gets more exposure. Um, so definitely sign up for those events um, and maybe tell those events about Utomic as a platform. Yeah. Um, and what you got to do is simply give us a build, be it a Steam build, be it a DRM free demo build. Um, and then we'll take care of the rest. Uh, one of the key things that we uh, are not doing is the, the, the proper testing. So usually when we get games on our platform, it's like, give us the build. We'll take care of everything and it'll be on our platform. Yeah. In this case, because we're, we're doing this uh, on a voluntary basis on best effort. Yeah. So we get the games. We do as, they, as our CTO would call a smoke test. Uh, it's something from back in the hardware days where we just switch something on. Does it work? Does it not smoke? No, it do, it's not burning. It must be okay. Yeah. And then all the, the rest of the testing we, we leave to the event organizers because they want to get good games on their plat on their events. So we want uh, some quality um, and the developers themselves, of course. Um, so yeah, that's basically how it works. Um, yeah, and then we have some really basic terms of service, right? We don't want to get angry developers, so you know people will be able to play these games. Yeah. Um, and one of the key decisions we've made is that um, everybody that plays Utomic will also be able to uh, play the games and discover the games. Um, yeah. And the event will have its separate page within our app, essentially, where all the games can be found um, so people can search them and find them everywhere so that's that's in a nutshell what we're doing and um cool. it's nice we yeah. like it yeah cool and uh they can just go uh, to the website utomic.com uh or is there anything a special page like, or no, we haven't done anything on our website 
the best thing you can do is look at all the events that you are that you used to participate in. Uh, yeah. Maybe you can tell them about what we're doing. Um, we haven't been shouting about this because we only recently um, started doing this. Um, yeah. I'm pushing our team to get more bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, because we've exactly. got more events already approaching us, but we really feel that this is a really cool thing to do. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Uh, also, feel free to mail us um, I, I uh, so that we can put you in the list uh, if we have more events, so that you can be uh, can, so you sign up for those events. Um, yeah, but it also means that everyone will, get demo. We everyone leave them. Yeah. Hmm? Everyone who's organizing an event, that would be yep. the right way uh, yeah. because then uh, game developers that are involved of these events will automatically get the connection anyway. So bottom line, what yeah. you're looking at are um, organizers of game events like yeah. the Nordic, um, like you have, for example, Xola doing uh, Game Dev Carnival, yeah. uh, Hendrik Lesser who's having his event. What, well, there's, there's so many coming up, Indigo, yeah. as I'm describing. So um, if you're organizing an event or you want to do anything online, it's all about games. It's about showing the new uh, games that have been released or about to be released. Then uh, reach out to Doki of Utomic.com. Email address is quite simple, doki at, is with a K, eh? doki at utomic.com. And um, he or someone of his team will then follow up. Yeah, we'll forward you to the, to the events or tell you what to do because we do not want to curate. The curation no. of like what games are at the event, we don't want to interfere. No. Got it. Clear. I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day and uh, we talk soon. Same to you. Thanks. Alrighty, man. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was all for today. Um, that was actually a mighty interesting <laughs> episode, if I may say so. Several people got to talk about their games, their passion, uh definitely i have an item in mind uh, when it comes to music so i'm definitely going to ask thor to um come back in the show um yeah indies uh i definitely want to give more attention to the indie game developers um uh i think they deserve it and um i love the item of uh, joachim with uh looking at such a huge company as supercell is um, but also, uh, guys, uh, there are some online events coming up, eh? um, the event of Hendrik Lesser, uh, Xola with, uh, Game Dev Carnival and Nordic, it's all happening in May. So, um, if you're listening to this, check it out. It's, um, the dates and the links to these events to register are on my site slash blog. Um, as I always say, ciao for now. This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.